open wide and tuck in to Spoon It with Mark Wogan, the brand new visualized podcast where Mark takes you on a unique culinary journey, blindfolded. With a dollop of lighthearted chat, a spoonful of hilarious blindfolded food tasting, and a sprinkle of top tier guests like Jimmy Carr, Claudia Winkleman, and Joe Wicks. In partnership with Gressingham Duck, download their free recipe booklet for tips to dine in with Duck. Check out delicious new episodes of Spooning with Mark Wogan every Thursday. Welcome to The World in 10. This is The Times of London's daily take on some of the biggest global issues in just 10 minutes, as seen through the eyes and writing of hundreds of writers and correspondents. With me, Toby Gillis, joined today by Sonal Patel. And we come to you on a day that British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak insists everyone must study maths until the age of 18. So, just to add to the challenge of making this pod, our boss joked... We should make the whole thing number-based. He did, that's right. And far be it for us to risk that it wasn't actually a joke. We're going to do it. So, Sonal, how much of its airspace is Ukraine concerned it may lose over the next month? 100% of it. Coming up, the Times analysis of why the West will almost certainly have to provide more help to prevent that. That's one out of one. How many more times will the world's greatest steeplechase, the Grand National, be run? That's not fair. Probably (laughs) a lot. But there were loads of protesters at the event over the weekend who hope none will cover that debate. Yeah, I'll give you another one for that. Two out of two. Finally, how many rocket launches are we covering in the world in 10 today? Uh, none. And we'll explain why shortly. And it's not because there weren't going to be any. Yeah, test passed. Well done. Three out of three. Now, it's 417 days since Russia invaded Ukraine. Two sides continuing the battle for one nation and no victory as yet, especially when it comes to the skies. And today, the latest in countless pleas to the West over air defences, with the Air Force there warning they could lose control of its skies as soon as next month, putting plans for their so-called spring offensive in jeopardy. You'll remember this from President Zelensky on a visit to London just a couple of months back. I appeal to you and the world with simple and yet most important words. Combat aircrafts for Ukraine. Wings for freedom. So, so far, that hasn't happened. Only air defence weaponry. And over the weekend, there was a warning from the Ukrainian Air Force. 90% of its defences are Soviet-era anti-aircraft missiles. Its stocks are diminishing rapidly. And the major issue for them now is where new stock is made. Yeah, absolutely. Russia. So the call is for the West to help, especially after those US leaks last week that agreed with Ukraine's assessment about their weaponry. Former head of the British Army, Sir Richard Dannett, told us that put America in a bind. Given that these leaks originated in the United States, I think there's an absolute obligation on the United States to make sure that Ukraine is not left unprotected. If Russia feels that they have a chance now of taking control of the skies, 
then there is a real danger that the balance of war um, will significantly change in the wrong direction. The Times diplomatic correspondent Catherine Philp has written about this and told us there are some scary elements. There's been some innovations from the Russian side. One of them is they've managed to sort of retrofit these unguided aircraft dropped bombs so that now they can drop them from an aircraft without their aircraft ever having to come in within range of Ukraine's air defences. The reason that they're shouting very loudly about it now is because this really would make it impossible for Ukraine to retake the territory that it's lost. And that was supposed to be the objective this spring. Two months ago, there was a promise from the West of anti-aircraft batteries, which have a range of up to 100 miles. Neither has that arrived, nor even if they did, would they help. For Ukraine, the calls are loud again, therefore. Wings for freedom. Always a source of controversy to some extent, this year's Grand National, that's the biggest horse racing event in the UK every year. And in the world, if you believe their own hype. Yes, absolutely. That that is what they call themselves. It's the uh, world's greatest steeplechase. But it's got animal rights activists up in arms more than ever in 2023. As they come to the first of the obstacles and there's a couple of fallers at the back. That was a mere footnote in the commentary on Saturday for the race in Liverpool. But one of those horses was Hill 16, who suffered fatal injuries and was euthanised, becoming the fifth horse to die in a race since safety changes were made in 2012. Yeah, nobody's denying one death is too many. But this year, animal rights campaigners made a greater stand than usual at the course. They, They gained access shortly before the race began and they actually managed to delay it. And then, of course, suggested that horse racing as a whole should be banned. Yeah, some trainers say that delay caused Hill 16's death, saying it made him hyper and the debate is more nuanced. Yeah, absolutely. A great piece in The Times by the former Grand National jockey turned journalist Bruff Scott sums it up at its very start. It discusses the choice we face. And here's a quote. Do humans, it begins with, have the right to choose to put animals through dangerous activities they themselves are happy to undertake? If the answer is yes, the Grand National continues. If no, it doesn't. And it's a fascinating one, really, with plenty saying if racing didn't exist, the horses wouldn't suffer. But we're doing numbers in this pod. We so are. here are some to think of about those horses currently involved in the sport. Here's racing commentator Richard Hoyles, who spoke to us. You have 50,000 thoroughbreds in the UK at the moment, 15,000 of which are in training. If you remove their primary purpose because 0.2% meet their end, the 99.8% are going to be unleashed into the community. So, Toby, we had big, big plans for this bit. We did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, The world's biggest rocket was going to go off. Yes. We'd have a countdown. Yes. A la Houston, we have landed style. Yes. But oh no. No, when it comes to damp squibs, Elon Musk's Starship launch is definitely a... 10. 
It was supposed to go off from Boca Chica in Texas. I was very much looking forward to saying Boca Chica, which yeah, I have. You have anyway, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we'd use the countdown to throw facts at you. Nine. Really good facts, like it's 120 metres tall or almost 400 feet, bigger than Big Ben and nearly 30 metres taller than the Statue of Liberty. Eight. Did you know it can carry upwards of 100 people to the moon and even Mars? Seven. It has 33 engines. Six, which adds up to £16 million of thrust and it's reusable because it can belly flop back into the Earth's atmosphere. Five, that it would fly around 62 miles above the Earth's surface. Four, for one literal around-the-world trip. Three, and 90 minutes later would land in Hawaii. Two, Mm, none of this happened. (laughs) Not a bit. No. Not today, anyway. Yeah, one. Elon Musk was right when he said there were a million things that could go wrong. Turns out a valve froze. So that's that. Is it ever acceptable to change the name of a significant cultural landmark? Well, it is happening to one of Wales's most famous national parks, the Brecon Beacons. I'll leave you to say the new name, Sonal. Okay. Brecheniog, an old name for a new way to be. That didn't sound much like you. Can you repeat it, please? Yeah, sure. Banai Brecheniog. All right, if we're honest, that is the voice of Michael Sheen, the superstar actor. Not pressed with you, Sonal, for not trying, but what can I say? He has been enlisted, unlike Sonal, by the National Park to explain this name change. I thought it was a good reason. Um, it's because of climate change. Basically, they're making a lot of actual change to the way the area is run. But a beacon, as explained in the Times, was a signal fire lit on high ground in ancient times to warn of the approach of an enemy. Yeah, I guess the enemy now is climate change, and so that's not really the best look anymore. Hence the change. Yeah, just don't expect me to say... Banai Brecheniog, an old name for a new way to be. I can't blame you too much, Sonal. It's not exactly an easy one. A reminder, if you are keen for more insight or analysis into the stories covered today and plenty more, take out a digital subscription at thetimes.co.uk. For now, though, that's it for The World in 10. I promise no changes to the name of this particular institution, so you'll find us right here tomorrow. Bye for now. Open wide and tuck in to Spooning with Mark Wogan, the brand new visualized podcast where Mark takes you on a unique culinary journey, blindfolded. With a dollop of lighthearted chat, a spoonful of hilarious blindfolded food tasting and a sprinkle of top tier guests like Jimmy Carr, Claudia Winkleman and Joe Wicks. In partnership with Gressingham Duck, download their free recipe booklet for tips to dine in with Duck. Check out delicious new episodes of Spooning with Mark Wogan every Thursday.